Hello, guys, and welcome back to another episode of The Wind Down. The Wind Down. Me, 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 me. <laughs> I told you, we're gonna put. I could put a sound, you don't have to make the sound. Why did you shut the laptop? Oh, because I don't want the text messages oh. to keep going. But you can search on that. Oh my god. Um, yeah, so with this portion of the wine now, what we're gonna do. Andrew's eating cake, guys. He it's just good. couldn't wait. <laughs> okay, to all the people who like ice cream cake, I really like ice cream cake. And I haven't had it in a long time until my birthday. And he's eating his birthday cake right oh, now. Oh, man, mint chocolate, Baskin-Robbins ice cream cake. It's probably really bad for you, but oh it's my really good. gosh. It's so delicious. Mm -hmm. And what better time than to share this experience <laughs> during the wine. Yeah, share the experience when it's just him eating the cake and I'm not. It's okay. <laughs> you get, I'm not a cake person, actually. Because earlier we were talking about how the videos of the asmr but no you said the visual ones the one you look at people yeah like eating. on youtube yeah yeah i'm doing that for you except live wow andrew you're but, not making enough noise and you're not smacking therefore see, there is I don't, no i can't smack entertainment value to this i can't i don't movie. i don't understand how people can smack so loudly that's why people eat seafood boils because there's a lot of sauce they have to smack because the sauce is dripping. And... Oh, tell them what seafood boils is. Oh, I'm sure you guys, if you guys have never watched, like... I, I didn't know. Um, oh, Andrew didn't know this. But I'm sure if you guys have watched YouTube videos, they call them, like, mukbangs and ASMR. So basically, videos of people eating seafood. It's, like, uh, shrimp. There's always, like, videos of people eating shrimp. I like the way you say shrimp. <laughs> it sounds shrimp. like forest gum. <laughs> shrimp, crab legs, crawfish... Um, most of the times they put potatoes, like baked potatoes, um, what else? Sausages in there, and it's, it's just a lot of Cajun seasoning and sauce. Mm. So when you eat it, you have to, like, really suck the, you have to really suck, <laughs> oh, suck the Cajun sauce, and then, like, smack, and it's just really, 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 really good. And it's even better to listen to, actually. Oh, man. Yeah. Well... Andrew's a very quiet eater. He would not. I am. I can't really smack. He would not I thrive in the mukbang world. I got a friend that smacks all the time when he eats. What? If you like I'm not telling you who it is because. <laughs> <laughs> you don't eat food with, with enthusiasm? Uh, what do you mean? You don't eat food enthusiasm? That's what smacking is to you? The definition yeah. of smacking is enthusiasm? Enthusiasm. You enjoy your food. Do you look at? Do you make eye contact with your I food when you eat it? Smacking is literally just bragging to people how much you enjoy your you enjoy eating. So why would you not express that you enjoy That's eating? That's bragging. That's not bragging. That's just that's okay. Being enthusiastic I, and passionate about something you like to do. I was going over this with my girlfriend actually. Um, we should just make this episode about uh, mukbangs. Uh, yeah, actually, we could. <laughs> um, so I was telling my girlfriend, I was like. Uh, there was a meme that I saw on Instagram, and it said, uh, snoring, people who snore, snoring is basically bragging how good of a sleep that you're getting. I'm actually a very big snorer. Look at that. <laughs> wow. Uh, my surprise. I cackle. I cackle. You when smack. I, I cackle when I laugh. I smack when I eat. I snore when I sleep. Wow. Like, I'm just really happy. In the things that I enjoy. That's just very... How can you ever hate <laughs> on that? I'm not hating. <laughs> I just don't... I mean, for anybody. How can you ever hate on that? Do you ever actually look, make eye contact with your food when you eat it? Like, look at it? I mean, I do. <laughs> Why did you say that? Well, Why did I've you say been... that like how you really second-guess the way you eat? Like, I've do never you been... look at my food? I've never been asked that question. Okay, well, I'm asking you right now. All right, look at you eating your cake right now. Yeah. When you when you take off a piece of cake and onto your fork. Okay. 
are you looking at your are you looking at the cake like oh my god this is the best cake i've ever had i mean i do that with food that i'm okay i do that with two only two times when i'm eating okay one i can't believe the taste that is coming out of this exactly whether it is obscure really tasteful disgusting or delicious i'm like what the heck am i eating so that that's probably the the time that i'm like wow or when i'm staring at my food and putting it in my mouth or two (laughs) is when when um uh when i first and the first and last bite (gasps) oh man it's always the first bite for me i don't want to think about the last bite because that's depressing it means the end of my eating journey i think it's very it's it's very nostalgic i like thinking about the first bite do you ever remember the exact meals, like your best meals? Yes. Yes. Now, was it the environment or was it the meal that made it so memorable? It was the meal. I could care less about people. Wow. I preferred. <laughs> I really could care less about the people I'm around. I just like... love to eat. And I more so might even enjoy my food alone. Like, it's just like, oh, my God. Okay. A quick question. <laughs> which would be most, which, which would be more depressing? What? Okay. To have your best meal happen to be at someone else's funeral. Like, you know how they do catering? Yes. Like, what if the food was so <laughs> good? <laughs> okay, that is like your most favorite meal, okay? Mm-hmm. Or, okay. Or? To be, uh, the, uh, to be the best meal that you've ever eaten mm-hmm. be from, like, your, your fiancé's ex. Hmm. Or your husband's ex. I don't know. Right? I think I would equally the enjoy the food. The funeral will be super sad. Yeah. I would be like, oh my God, you're so good. I, <laughs> my condolences for you. <laughs> right? I don't know. I mean, I don't really care if like my husband's ex could, I don't even know what, what instance we'd be in for my husband's oh, she ex a chef. to be. She's a chef now. Oh, like, we went to a random restaurant, and she was head chef at the restaurant. Uh-huh. I wouldn't care. As long as she's serving something good on my Ooh, plate, I really don't care. See how she said that? As long as she's serving. <laughs> she's plating, okay? She's not the server. She's a chef. And, and as long as she's serving my plate. <laughs> I don't know. Like, Put that I, ratatouille. Oh, I don't, dude, I don't. I love that movie, by the way. I don't care. I just really, really enjoy food. I could care less what type of environment I'm in. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, I really don't care. Like, I'd give up people for food. Wow. So, okay. <laughs> now I know if, if I ever... If that were to ever be the case. Yeah, it's like, where's Andrew? You'll never get it out of me. <laughs> well, here's a, here's a T-bone steak. He's in there. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get the exact... Location, exact coordinates of where he's at right now. Man, poor he's me. He's in there. I'm I, just kidding. I would never give you up for food. Uh-huh. Sure thing. I'd probably write a book about it. <laughs> and put Andrew Frank. Oh, man. Unless it's like, like Anne Frank. Andrew Frank. <laughs> Dude, yeah, it's just. Be like, they're coming. I can hear the conversation. Like today, like for, exa- for instance, today's Tuesday, right? Yeah. And I'm getting fish tacos after I leave here. What? Yes. So there's this fish taco place that I Who go to. Who do you get fish tacos with? By myself. I'm enjoying food alone. You didn't want to invite me? Andrew, you have work after this. Yeah, but you didn't know that coming here. Yeah, I did. I'm pretty sure I knew that coming no, here. You were hoping. <laughs> I know. There is this taco place in Bellflower off the 91 uh, on a laundress street. What's it called? It's called Taco Nazo. Have you been there? No. Oh, my God. So, it's right now, it's like they do um, pick up. They, it used to be a huge, um, it used to be a dine-in in, in spot, um, but they haven't opened up their dine-in spot back up yet. So, now it's only dine-in. No, sorry. Takeout and drive through Express. Oh. Their fish tacos wow, is to die stars. for. Their fish tacos, oh, my goodness. Wait, there's one in La Mirada. There is? I've only been to the one in Bellflower. Yeah. 
Is that closer to you? Oh, it, yeah, it's Fullerton. Okay, it's, it's it's away, but from here, then it is closer to you. Yeah, at least is Belfar on the way? Belfar is on the way back to where my parents are. Oh. Back heading towards, so I would get on the 91, oh, like that. head to Bellflower, and go back down to Westminster. Okay, yes. so what do you like about Taco Naso? It's their, oh my Naso. God, their fish tacos. Their fish tacos. Do you like fish tacos? I do. I used to not like it um, because I had fish tacos that were not beer-battered fish tacos. Oh, is that the? It's battered. Like, it's crispy. It has a crispy exterior, and then the inside is, like, tender fish what was it not to put my friend on blast but <laughs> there was one time mm. um he his oh my gosh i'm getting calls right now andrew has okay, a has take, a guy in his phone named big money i, I gotta take a phone call <laughs> so anyway um yeah so this taco place sorry andrew had to step away for the to get on the phone real quick um, but so this taco place is in, well, the one that I go to is off of, in the city of Bellflower, off of, um, Alondra, get on the 605, um, heading, I want to say north towards, uh, Whittier and, uh, well, Cerritos and the Whittier and, um, in that, all in that area. But yeah, um, amazing tacos. It's battered tacos, crispy on the outside. Tender, tender, tender fish on the inside. It's I would highly, I've been going there for about a year, a little bit over a year too. So, I would highly, highly recommend. Um, I wish they had their dine-in spot, but they haven't reopened it because of COVID reasons. But um, amazing spot, definitely recommend. Um, their asada tacos are actually really good too. Oh my god, and especially their ceviche. <laughs> oh my, oh he comes back and I'm still talking Get about out it. Of here. It's not like, I'm like naming the whole menu right now. It doesn't so then, even sound like I left. <laughs> Ceviche. It sounds like you really wanted to be her. <laughs> their ceviche is so good. Um, their carne asada, amazing. They have like different, uh, oh my god, they have different taco combos where it's like you get like beans and all oh, the rice is amazing. The Mexican rice is awesome. Um, their, their grilled bell peppers, they grill and they salt and pepper it. Amazing, amazing, amazing. I always ask for extra of that on the side. Um, but yeah, the food is... Oh my God. Damn, bro. Orchata is good. Jesus Christ. Oh, that's what I'm doing. Man, I'm just... When you say Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I would highly recommend, guys. You need to definitely check Taco Nazo out. That's spelled N-A-Z-O. It's like when you... In California... Mm. Yeah, if, if when you really like food and you start naming like people in religion, like ah oh, Buddha, <laughs> like I think that's when you know like it's like a really good like you know Talladega Nights like Will Ferrell, oh save me Tom Cruise, <laughs> it's like, Scientology. But I mean, it's like I mean like I'm oh my god I'm like a certified foodie. You almost look like you're gonna cry because I'm like, just thinking about eating that after I leave. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Without me, I'm sure you made it clear. You're going to Andrew, you just ASMR a whole cake just now. No, they didn't hear it. Because I told you, you eat, you eat very boringly. That's boring now. Yes. Now it, before it was like oh, you no look noise. Like you enjoy your food. no noise. Now it's like it's boring. You're not eating with no enthusiasm. What what am I supposed to? Am I I I only you dance. live only one life, Andrew. Lee. I don't dance unless there's music. <laughs> I don't smile. You want to make food. good oh, money. You want to enjoy your food. You want to be around people, uh, people that you love, and enjoy your food. Yeah, eat it, it with enthusiasm, at least. Yeah, but I was definitely enthused about the <laughs> ice cream cake. I was eating, and it was pretty good. I was especially just if it was like two days old, three days old. We don't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's ice cream. Okay. Yes. Oh, so my story. Uh, not to put my friend on blast. <laughs> Okay. So my friend took he so his dad and him went to this um, uh, fish taco place specifically like taco fish place. Is it Wahoo's? No, no, okay. no, no. That's a, it was that's like a chain it was like a hole in the wall place. Oh, those LA. are probably the best. Yeah, that's what uh, we were all thinking. Came from a hike. We were like, oh, <laughs> fish taco sounds delicious. Yeah, yeah and it's so healthy. 
yeah. And he, yeah. he was like, yeah, my dad recommended this place. Let's go. So we go and to this fish taco place. And so, all right, I do not knock on places that offer art for sale on their walls. I don't. There are places that offer art for sale on their walls? Yeah, art for sale on their walls. You never seen that? They have like little art pieces on the yeah, wall. Yeah, like, like a like mom a and pop place. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, so I don't knock them. When the art is like not that great, I'm like, why is this so expensive? Oh, Andrew. and on the wall, it's art. And it turned out to be like the daughter of <laughs> the owner. So I was like, oh, that's probably why it's here. Okay, <laughs> but that's besides the point. That didn't, that didn't change the quality of the food. Was it good? No, the food Damn. was not good. It was. I thought uh, the story was gonna take a, a better. It turn. was like so. Let's say there was more beer than there was like beer batteredness like it was literally beer seeping out of the taco and it became like a that? liquid fish taco ew yeah and the tortillas were so really, it made the tortilla soggy yeah it made the tortilla soggy oh. or not even like worth it they just broke off as soon as you picked it up what and then um yeah so it wasn't a good experience from that point on my friends were like yo you know we can't trust you with fish taco or no they can't trust them with restaurant recommendations oh my goodness his girlfriend at the time was super sweet she like she was like i like the tacos i was like it's okay you liar but I'm <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. yes i would definitely recommend you or your, or your friends check out taco nazo taco nazo i think it's so funny. not nazi nazo oh oh i guess <laughs> oh, why t- you think it was funny yeah all the time i brought up the nazi thing was because you'd sell me out for, for food <laughs> Be like, where's Andrew? Oh, I'm never telling you. <laughs> but what about Taco Nazo? And then you'd be like, okay, just give me a side of the peppers. Dude, you only have one life to live, Andrew. You gotta enjoy your food. That's that's true. You're here for a good time, not a long time. Remember that. For a good time, not a long time. <laughs> that should be your mantra in life. I'm you're telling get- me your quote should be my mantra. Yeah, no, it's not my quote. I don't know who I heard it from, but I say it all the time. I'm here for a good time, not a long time. Mm. So like, screw the diet. Screw like the gluten-free life. Yeah, screw, you know, the vegan options and stuff like that. Yeah, what? No, but no, those... you, can, you can eat clean yeah. and in moderation during the week. Yeah. But then that's what I do. I give myself, like, a one-day cheat meal, but sometimes it turns like a two-day cheat meal because there's two days on the in the weekend. So then it's not a one-day. <laughs> it's only two. <laughs> a two-day 48-hour type of like just eating but um yeah so i try to eat a little more clean based during the week um definitely more you know veggies and protein and stuff like that and then comes the weekend and it's all of a sudden calories don't count to me so that's true um and i for me i mean there are people who enjoy vegan food i actually enjoyed vegan food when i was vegan for like a week (laughs) <laughs> you were or vegan maybe, yeah for two okay I explain guess. vegan and then explain a vegetarian vegan versus vegetarian yeah so uh my girlfriend's really close to being a vegetarian but she was for a long time okay. um so vegetarian would be like you eat primarily veggies right for the most part um and you don't really have like eggs i think yeah you don't have eggs um vegan is like the vegetarian aspect but then you completely take out like no red meat no red meat not even white meat not even pork no no pork um no eggs no butter no milk so no dairy so no fun in life basically no <laughs> it, there was fun being had it's actually pretty cool like i was able to oh man that's my dad with the leaf blower <laughs> Hey, Chris, can we leave blown another time? Thank you. I, I, I'm, I'm recording right now. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's like the fourth episode. Of- oh, my goodness. Okay. But yeah, so I think the major difference is, is just what is removed. You just take a vegan is basically the stuff that you would normally have as a vegetarian. And mm-hmm. then you just remove things out of that. Okay. But that's the food talk for the wine down. <laughs> We can go on forever talking about food, but today we actually are gonna talk about um, <laughs> top centers in the NBA. 
Oh, yeah. Who our, her what favorite a, list is. What and, a segue. Yes. Talk about a centerpiece for your meal. Oh, God, fish tacos. I No, that was what oh. you said. It, you should have said like a center. <laughs> no. Okay. Okay. Okay, so. Um, the center. The center in the NBA. Andrew, yes. why don't you give them a breakdown of what a center does for anybody who doesn't know? All right. Center <laughs> for the NBA is primarily, we'll say he's. The role, the biggest role of a center is basically your defensive anchor, mm-hmm. your primary shot blocker. You know, this person protects the, the rim. inside of the paint, you know, closest to the rim. And the reason why that's so important is because technically that's the easiest shot. The closer you are to the basket, the easier shot should be. Yeah. But if you put someone like a center position, uh, like can block. Super tall, by the way. Smart, that's kind of the requirement. <laughs> Yeah, pretty tall. Um, and uh, basically uh, has that defensive IQ to navigate, you know. He's yeah. kind of like the captain of the defense at that point in time. Because mm-hmm. technically the center would be closest to the basket in proximity. Mm-hmm. And so you can see the floor better. You know, you help navigate everyone on your defense of like where to go, what what to do. Right. And so that's the defensive position of the center. And then the offensive presence of a center well now it's before it was literally like just stay put the ball at, in the basket yeah put the ball in the basket be really close rebound to, yeah post up yeah and then just score nowadays the center is so required evolved. to do more which is cool because now you have people who are centers that can have dribbling skills like a guard or no not can have like they're more it's more accepted for you to dribble the ball up the floor as a center than it was let's say 15 years ago yeah so now the role has changed so now the center is no longer just a dunking person on offense and Mm -hmm. a shot blocker on defense now it's uh on offense you you make so you score baskets on all three levels three-point line mid-range and at the hoop and then on defense you're required to be able to guard guards like you know, point guards, shooting guards, smaller small guards, forwards. yeah, exactly. who are way faster than you, considering the type of size and weight that a, a traditional center would carry on yeah. their body. And now having now you have a little more athletic, leaner centers as opposed to back in the day, uh, back in the '90s and early 2000s, because now the leaner centers have to basically guard the faster, smaller mm-hmm. guards now. Yeah. So that's to kind of how the evolution of the center slash big man has yeah. changed. But remember when we grew up and it was just the era of the big men? Yeah. Like the big men were like literally the big men on campuses. Like we literally watched all these organized games on TV and everything. Every offense was centered around a post player. Yeah. A center. Yeah. And the reason being and it's was changed so much. Yeah, before because whether you believe it or not, basketball. So every sport, there is an advantage physically from the get go. Mm-hmm. You know, in uh, soccer, you know, the it's not a huge advantage to be really tall because you, you got to be able to be keeping up with people who are fast. And yeah. it just so happened that people who are fast are like kind of under like that six foot to range yeah and so in basketball height is definitely an advantage right you know people you can get by in the sport of basketball by just being tall um and so in this case like i mean growing up yeah centers the tall players would basically be and there the were center so of many the heavier. Offense. they were so much heavier yeah they could get away with being so big and which in turn made them more physical yeah which is why the game back then was so different because it was definitely more physical yeah like the 80s the 80s centers mm-hmm. um it was definitely centered around no pun intended <laughs> but it was definitely the focal point of the 80s kind of basketball in the nba at least mm-hmm. was uh faster pace a lot of scoring but if you needed a bucket, you could give it to your center and yeah. you work around that. Right. And then it got a lot slower. There so was less the 90s, shooting from the outside. Yeah, there was a lot less shooting. There was no threes. There's barely any threes. You yeah. rarely saw any threes. There was a lot of post work. 
Yeah, post yeah. work, mid range shots. Yeah, and then fast break. And then the nineties, it got in nineties and early two thousands, it got really slow. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest reasons why it got so slow was because um, they try to optimize like what's the best shot we can get, and like for instance, Shaq at yeah. that time, Akeem Olajuwon. David Robinson, mm -hmm. Charles Barkley, even later in his career. Mm -hmm. You got all these guys who are like really good inside. And so it was advantageous for you as a coach or a team to slow down the pace of the game because you're like, all right, if I slow this down, not only do I give my big man a break, you know, on offense and defense, mm -hmm. but I increase my chances because I know I'm going to get something out of it. Yeah, you know, I mean, most players were like, yo, you're going to get a bucket out of Akeem. Yeah. Or, um, uh, or Carl Malone, too. Or Shaq. You know, all these players were made the game slower. Yeah. And even back then, they took away zone defense. But they brought it back because the era that Shaq became very dominant. Yeah, there was a, there was a three-second rule. Uh, there was no routine. zone and then they brought back the zone because there was nobody that would was able to stop Shaq in the paint yeah it was it, the rule was called a a defensive three yeah so basically you can only be in the paint for three seconds yeah unless the ball. yeah unless there's a player that is near the paint and you're touching you're within arm's length and you're able to touch them mm -hmm. then you can stay in the paint as long as you want yeah and then why don't you tell them what, what a zone defense is for anybody who doesn't know. Okay, zone defense. Man, we went so far into food <laughs> and yeah. the menu at Taco Naso. Very, uh, very insightful episode, guys. Okay, so zone <laughs> defense. Uh, yes. Zone defense is basically a, a defensive formation mm -hmm. where every person has a job to be a defender within a particular area of, Spot. The, of the floor. Of wherever yes. the ball goes. Yes. Yes. And so, you know, for instance, uh, you'll see people that say 2-3 zone. Right. Which is representing two people at the top of the key. For just as, Like two players at the wing. Yeah, just for just uh, general purposes. Yeah. yeah, the two players like at the elbow or mm -hmm. the wing of the court. And, and then you have three players corner. just behind the them. Base. Baseline. Kind of close to the baseline and then we have the center in the middle. Yeah. And so think of it like a die. Mm -hmm. So when you look at a, a die, two, three would is just like that five, eye, the the five eyes of a die. Yeah. Except you bring that middle closer to the two bottom ones. Yeah. That's two, three, and then you have your three, two, which is basically again you go to that five point die, mm -hmm. and you bring that middle, and then you just bring that up to the to the two up top. Yeah. And then you have, I mean, there's so many. And there's, it's so important, especially in game two, because when I, I used to, when we used to coach the, this to the kids, at first it was, to, for us, it was like, at like a rec league or like, you know, some, like a community league. Mm. We let the kids run a zone defense mm. only because in game, we just cared about winning the game. Yeah. And we, it wasn't so much of a competitive atmosphere where we were, we had all this time because the record is just like a two month league, basically. Yeah. So you're going to run into kids who don't know how to play. Kids yeah. who never picked up a basketball. Mm -hmm. And then you, you pair them, you know, they're paired on the team with kids who are super advanced or kids who it's just it's very confusing. So it's hard within the limited time that they the rec league gives you to teach kids like, you know, this is the guy you have to match up with playing a man defense and all this stuff like that. So. We tend to let the kids swing more with a zone defense. Yeah. But then to us, like to me or to you or to anybody that really studies the game, they call the zone defense a lazy defense. Because mm -hmm. basically you, you're, shifting the, you're shifting your attention to wherever the ball goes. Yeah. So sometimes in a zone defense, it's easy to stay stagnant in the spot or in the zone or whatever that you're at. Yeah. So you basically just follow the ball wherever it goes. So let's say they swing the ball from the corner up to the wing, to the other side of the wing, and back to the other side of the corner. So it's literally you have to have the kids stay in a 2-3 formation. The ball is swung to a corner. The player that's moving, that's from the baseline, has to kind of move up mm -hmm. where he's aligned with the player at the top of one of the, the, uh, one of the wings. So yeah. it's still a 3 formation. Oh, just for... Uh 
Just for everyone's knowledge. So <laughs> the wing. And the center okay. has to move kind of to the side. So, so he still stays a 2-3 zone. Yeah. And so when we say a wing, mm -hmm. if you were to take like a clock, for instance. Yeah. So the 12, so 12 o'clock would be like near the top of the arc, the three-point right. arc. Yeah. And then the wings would be like, the ten let's and say the two. 10 and 2, just like how you're holding a steering wheel. So those Hopefully. would be. Yeah. So th <laughs> that would be. I hold it on a 6. <laughs> Oh, snap. And it's like one hand only. I mean, you don't have to tell us that. But they, now I know if I'm ever riding with you in the car. Never at a 10 and 2. 10 and 2 is for when you first get your license. but I remember when people used to try to drive like 9 and 3. But so, but the whole point is, yeah, so it's just uh, think of like the, uh, like a clock and half, the half circle of the clock is yeah. just like the arc of a of, of basketball court. Yeah. So 10 and 2 is your wing top of the three-point line is a 12 and then your corners is your nine and three mm -hmm. so um is it nine three or nine yeah nine and three yeah so we tend to call that the lazy defense mm -hmm. basically because you're only you're teaching kids to follow whatever the ball swings that's so big though yeah it is and and for them to transition from a zone defense to a man defense it takes a lot of strength, like a lot of conditioning, a lot mm -hmm. of strength, a lot of keeping up with pace, a lot of running that we make, you know, we condition the kids to do. Yeah. Because once you run man, you have to follow your, your man everywhere he goes. Yeah. You know, you learn, that's, that's your assignment. Mm -hmm. You have to be where he's at at all times. Yeah. You, when you get to an advanced level, you have to kind of gauge where you know your man's going to go. Yeah. Is he going to move left? Is he going to move right? Is he going to step back? Is he going to pass? Yeah. swing whatever he does so at first it was tough to really keep the kids on such a, a type of a general defense like a zone defense but it does kind of teach them how to focus more because it's like they know where the ball is going yeah. sometimes if the kid takes an extra step it's like they know where the ball's going to go yeah so they're already there setting up yeah and you know so it has its pros and cons to me at first it was it was just way too easy, but the help it helped the kids get to where they need to be. Yeah, faster. Especially when you're trying to make it, especially for newer basketball players or even younger yes. basketball players, you're trying to make the game as easy and simple to digest as mm -hmm. possible. And yeah. as soon as you, because there's in a zone defense, there's a lot of components, and then also, so there's uh, for if I were to break it down, really simple. Yeah, there's zone strict zone which is basically you and your teammates follow a strict rule where you will be you in this go spot. where the ball goes yeah you you shift the entire team shifts mm -hmm. as the movement of the ball yeah okay or sometimes players but primarily the ball right then you have a zone mixed with a man mm -hmm. which is which is pretty common in the nba which is um so you have like players that stick certain people like a man-to-man -man defense where you you have a your assignment is no longer the area it is a it's particular a player uh specifically gets a really good shooter yeah. obviously or somebody from them that's um uh, that can score easily from like a yeah. mid-range or like yeah. at the free throw line it, it, top of the key it, and that could, like that is like the your most often that you see like growing up mm -hmm. um obviously the role can expand depending on which position you take right but for the sake of uh just general and simplistic simplicity uh so for man you your assignment is not the zone it is the opponent right a specific opponent mm -hmm. so then when when i say from zone and then zone and man basically not only are you guarding one player mm -hmm. but you can also switch so you have another player guard them mm -hmm. and so when you realize in the grand scheme of things like miami did this with the lakers in the finals yeah is where if they would switch it was like a zone you know basically okay you're gonna cover this player in this area mm -hmm. but you're still playing man so if the person had the ball you go up to them right. you know or you double whichever but it's basically you go from zone and then man zone and then man yeah while still uh, keeping to the role yeah and then you have strict man which is basically you this is your assignment you stay with him unless yeah. 
people say otherwise or you switch or something like that yeah that is the person you stick with and you play defense on yeah because imagine if you had you had another smaller guy switch on on anthony davis or switch on guarding lebron it's like those are two players that you have to keep a guy on steadily at all times yeah so dialing back to Shaq, they had to bring back that zone defense because literally nobody could guard him once the ball got into the post yeah and he and he got a hold of it that was it yeah seven foot two. nobody was stopping seven him. seven foot two three hundred and twenty pounds yeah or 40 at one point in time but yeah that is just a very huge most person. dominant ever that's i mean that's what they call the dude and he was like the last great center yeah he could have possibly been the best player Ever. For sure. I think so, too. I mean, if Kobe believed it, I mean, I would definitely believe it, too. Yeah. Um, and Shaq, and that was him without needing to shoot threes or even, like, yes. like a Carl Malone 15-footer uh, <laughs> yeah. jumper. Yeah. That is that is crazy. That's basically you've, you've established yourself as such a huge force to where the entire team and defense has to account for you. Has to adjust to you. Yeah, just to you. And yeah. then you have Kobe Bryant too. That's the one-two punch. Yeah, this is a huge one-two punch. Mm-hmm. But going back to like the center position, like mm-hmm. there's so many good centers I've been across, you know, the NBA. Um, who do you think is your favorite now? And then we'll go into who do you think is your top three of all time? Um. I don't really have a favorite now. I just know the most talented center in this day and age is uh, Joe Gitch, who plays with Denver Nuggets. Yeah. Um, great passing big man. Um, the pro- maybe primarily the the ball not the ball handler, but primarily the scorer mm-hmm. for the strictly the primary offense aside yeah. from Jamal Murray um, for the Denver Nuggets offense. Um, for me, I'm, my opinion's a little different as to what somebody else would think, because for me, I grew up in the era where it was, big men was the thing, you know, everything was centered about the big man. Yeah. So to see how the game has evolved, I really can't, aside from the obvious fact that Jokic is the best center in the NBA right now, mm-hmm. I can't really sit and, in the, through a game and be like, that's the guy I'm going to watch. Yeah. As talented as he is, as a center as he is. But like I said, the center position has completely evolved. They're trying to add a three. They're, you know, they're different ways of scoring. It's not, it's not like a dominant force yeah. of a center position anymore yeah. as it used to be. Yeah. And because I've grown up watching that and being, you know, seeing how the game has developed from this, that era, transitioning now to this era, yeah. it's just... It's not exciting to me to watch what a big man does in game anymore. Yeah. That's why I told you I really wanted to have Anthony Davis be an honorable mention because he's a power forward slash center, but he's doing things that no power forward center right now in the game is doing. Mm-hmm. If you were to just, just sing, single out what Jokic is doing as a center, then yes, he is the most skilled center right now and probably the only like, exciting center like I would even watching game yeah but to break it down i would i wouldn't like that's not the guy i'm looking to watch yeah does that make sense yeah like it's obvious stating facts and stats that he is a great center but it's not somebody i look for in a game yeah like i I, if i watch a game it's like i'm not not gonna be like oh i can't wait to see what jovich is gonna do (laughs) that's something i would never say right now you know what i mean you just said it so i'll take i'll just (laughs) i'll just keep that as opposed as opposed to back then it was like you literally watch the game to see what Tim Duncan would do, to yeah. see what a David Robinson would do, to see what Hakeem Olajuwon would do. Yeah. This is a little earlier than my time, but to even rewatch tape of what Kareem was able to do, mm-hmm. like the skyhook. Like, you know what I mean? So it, the, the, the whole center thing has changed so much for me. So my opinion, I feel like, is a little more selective and a little more biased. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know. I just wish. I just wish that era of basketball was still here. It's it's kind of there. It's there, but it's now. It's like now. It's more powered for slash center and. It's like formless basketball. Yeah. Now it's more. Now everybody wants to shoot a three. The three is like the most dangerous shot in a game now. 
Yeah. Now, you know, you they forgot all about like the fundamentals, like yeah. being a two-way center. Yeah. You know, um being great to set a great center offensively and defensively. Yeah. When people watch games back then, they're they're watching for the rebounds, the steals, the blocks. Yeah. You know, the physicality, what a center could do, what a, what type of rim protection the center was going to bring to a game. Yeah. But then now it's it's just different. People are people are waiting People are waiting for a, a smaller guard or a shooting guard or, yeah. you know, somebody who's going to be automatic from, like, the corner, <laughs> you know, like a dead, dead, dead shot Danny and stuff like that. So, because I was rewatching a lot of, like, the 2013-2014 final series. So, um, just kind of analyzing even how, I don't want to say how super different the game was back then, but Tim Duncan was still in the league, so, yeah. during that finals run. So, you know that guy, Mr. Fundamentals. So, um, yeah, I, it's it's crazy to see how games have changed, where the offense is no longer centered around the big man. Yeah. Now it's like the guards. Yeah. Um, but I mean, two different eras of basketball. We can sit and debate about this all day, but for me, top three all time, I have to say Shaq, which is my top number one pick because. It was right in the era that I grew up and, you know, when I became a Kobe fan and always grew up a Laker fan. But getting to really understand the game of basketball mm-hmm. and have it be such a key component to my childhood and watching, like, a big part of my childhood and watching how the game developed. I would say Shaq is my favorite. Yeah. Like, all-time center. Yeah. So, uh, but... No disrespect to anybody else. You got to give them their flowers while they're still here. So yeah. Shaq, Kareem, um, Hakeem. Mm-hmm. But I, wanna, I do want to mention Bill Russell as honorable mention. Mm-hmm. David Robinson as honorable mention. And obviously Wilt. Yeah, Wilt the still. Wilt the still. Um, what do you think, Andrew? Well, uh, you know, your, uh, your long spiel about the heiress. <laughs> I I mean it's totally there's there's um it's totally true. I yeah. mean so much has changed. Uh the game has changed a lot. And I think um I think the game changes depending on coaching and players. Yes. You know, um a part of it has to do with money too. I mean obviously if a player like a team is just like, yo, we're spending sixty million on one guy and he's like a really good three-point shooter yeah then then the game will be and then players will be like well i gotta be a really good three-point shooter if i want to make money people gotta conform yeah to what they think the qualification and the criteria is now yeah and so uh but i do agree with you in the fundamentals like a lot of players are it just it takes some years to go back to the fundamentals yeah and, and i get it because you know like this day and age now, like AAU, you're ranked at like what when you're like twelve, like you're in the, in the nation, and so when you're ranked at such a young age, you just stick to what you know. You know, like in high school, if you're ranked this type of player, mm-hmm. and what got you there was layups, I would just do layups all the time because then that uh, it's a call. How is it? Oh, I get recognized for for being make- have that one signature move. Yeah, but for, the thing or, is, nowadays, it's being fundamental is not exciting anymore. Yeah, because it it's not the fun stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of players. But when you think about it, like the best players, are the ones who are fundamentally like sound. Yeah, and also study the game, and so that way they they get better. They they exploit the defense or. Mm-hmm the other team you know and they do that through their fundamentals and then they add to what they can do their their uh their spin on it their how should i say their personality yeah attached to it so uh yeah lots changed i think one of the biggest reasons why this game hasn't slowed down was just because there hasn't been a someone that's a power forward or center that has been able to slow down the game like been been as dominant as Shaq. Yeah. Like I don't know I don't know if I can say like if you put Curry in the same decade as Shaq, oh, no. do you still get the same three point shots or do you still get the same dominance like inside the paint? That obviously we won't be able to tell mm-hmm. until like generations later. 
But uh, my top three centers, uh, it's funny because we both agreed. When, <laughs> when I started naming them, she, she actually thought she said them. <laughs> so I was like Shaq, uh, Kareem, and then Hakeem. Hakeem. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reason why Shaq was because he was so dominant, you know, and he had, he did have fundamental moves. Yes. You know, it's just his training was a little different. You yeah. Know? Kareem, uh, he was an all-across winner. I mean, he won in college. He won in high school. All those MVPs. And he won in the NBA. Yeah. So he, he, he has accolades to, to uh, back it up. And he had a... Luau Cinder. He had a move that... <laughs> He had a move that was basically unstoppable. A skyhook. Yeah. Who was going to guard that? Nobody. Yeah, he made the goggles look cool, too, <laughs> along with James Worthy. But, yeah, Kareem, it, it, I mean, he's he's like the gold standard if you are unable to be super dominant like Shaq. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like he, he didn't score all those. He's not the leading scorer in the NBA because he... He was like the most dominant. He didn't. He didn't do. He just worked on a move, and he he knew what the defense was giving him, and he scored. Mm-hmm. And he did a ton of other stuff too. Uh, and then Hakeem. The reason why I like Hakeem is because I mean, bro, this dude is like. He came from. He was not even from here. Yeah. You know, he came on in, and he. He mixed it up. He totally brought his own personality, his own moves to the table. Yeah. And he exploited the big men who, look, I mean, no offense to David Robinson. He's awesome. The yeah. Admiral. Admiral. Um, but yeah, like he, uh, Hakeem Olajuwon just, he, he would make guys that were so big, so strong, so athletic seem so silly because he was playing chess on the offensive end while they were playing checkers yeah you know yeah so i i'm a huge fan of the dream shake too and if you have the nickname the dream hakeem hakeem the dream that is really cool and so um he and he's a two-time champion so i think that's pretty cool too mm-hmm. but there are definitely a lot of honorable mentions you said bill russell will chamberlain i mean 11 rings <laughs> i mean yeah i mean bill russell 11 rings that's that's pretty big yeah and he was a defensive anchor for for that Celtics team. Mm-hmm. He didn't even need to score. He was just like, okay, rebound, block, and defense. Yeah. And so, let's see, who else was a really good... Oh, the center, I think, has a fighting chance. I was going to say Jokic, but just to say differently, because I already named the three top that I would say <laughs> is yours, too. Carl uh, Anthony Towns. I think he still has some room for upside. Mm-hmm. He hasn't had any severe injuries, you know, like Joel Embiid. He's just on a bad team. Uh, yeah, I'm hoping that team gets better. Otherwise, he's just going to dip. Yeah. But yeah, Carl Anthony Towns can score on all three levels. His fundamentals, though, in the post and in the mid-range area need some work. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I can tell that when he's on the wing, you know, he can get past defenders with dribbling and then just take it in. Yeah. But like... The whole point of basketball or any sport is, or any skill when you acquire a skill, mm-hmm. how can I make this easier for me in the long run? Yeah. And so I think if Carl Anthony Towns can make his job easier as the center position, he can be really, really, really good. Yeah. Okay, yeah, we'll see. There's a lot of options. There's time for him to develop. Who else has a good center? Uh, Chris Mim. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Chris Mim wasn't a really great center. But, oh, um, God. Pau Gasol was a center. Yeah. A Mark, uh, but aside from like those two, stands two runs, out, it yeah. was like... Like in a center position to really stand... Maybe Mutombo with an M. Mutombo? Yes. He had the classic okay. finger wag. He was like a Bill Russell. He was more of a defense. But he still could score, yeah. which was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Mutombo... Patrick Ewing. Oh, that's a good center. Yeah. yeah he with the Knicks. Mm-hmm. I mean, he didn't win a ring, but man, he, he got pretty close. He was really good. Yeah. Uh, that's another good center. Oh, we got we to gotta talk about... Sorry, I'm already jumping ahead to the next episode or in a future episodes, but we got to talk about um, attributes with no championships. Mm, that's a There's a quite handful of players that we need to talk about. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Why don't I ask a center? Maybe like Eaton. 
from the Jazz. No, that was a long time ago. He was <laughs> a big. Oh, Yao Ming. Bro, Yao oh, Ming's, that guy. Yao Ming's a great setter. Seven foot six. See, there's one thing it'd be really tall, but then if you can like, he shot the best free throw percentage on the team mm-hmm. at like ninety percent, which is crazy. <laughs> I mean, yes. And usually big men are so terrible at three at free throws. Yeah, he made that hoop his playground at seven foot six. It was so good. I really enjoyed watching Yao because he. He was like, he was the height and size of a traditional old school center, mm-hmm. but he moved and shot so well, like as if he could totally fit in this day and age. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you put Yao right now? Like, you're guaranteed bucket. <laughs> but now in this day and age, it's like, um, the taller the center is, the more fra- fragile they are. Like, I remember they wouldn't put Taco Fall in the game because... We're afraid he was prone to injury and stuff like that. Oh, he's working with a trainer that I follow on Instagram. PJ oh, really? for per, PJ Performance. Yeah, oh. he, they're working on it. It feels like the lengthier and super taller, like post players, power forward centers now are more susceptible to injury. Now. Oh, in this type of pace of a, game. There's a whole now thing in I, this area. There's a whole this era of basketball. there's a whole science and psychology I can go into. That, oh, but that would take a whole episode as to why. <laughs> Players are getting injured more so now than before. Yeah. And, right. and it, oh, God, I would love to talk about it. Okay. And yeah. juices are flowing. Get out of here. Creative juices. But uh, once again, thank you for joining us on this mini episode of The Wind Down. Uh, real quick, shout out to Anchor. As always, thank you for the platform for us to be here. And Andrew, the closer. That's what's up. Close Hell yeah. Out. Okay. <laughs> Well, thank you for listening to In The Clutch Podcast. And if you have any uh, requests or anything like that, message us, like any of the footage. Comment. Comment, subscribe. Let us know. Subscribe. Yeah, I'm just naming all of them. Like, we got a YouTube channel, we don't. We don't, but you could... could, That might be in the works. You could follow us on Spotify. (laughs) Yes, and In The Clutch Podcast. Yeah, you could, yeah. Yes. In The Clutch. And follow us on Instagram as well. Yes. Thank you, guys. Thank you. See you next time. Bye.